You're listening to Civically, the podcast where passion meets purpose and purpose becomes action. Get to know your civic leaders and help bring change. Hey there, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're super excited that we have an amazing guest for today. Her name is Monica Vergada, amazing friend, amazing person. With that, we're going to be trying something a little bit different. We're actually recording the podcast in person. This is our first in-person recording, so we're super excited about that. So with that, how are you doing, Monica? Yeah, thank you for having me, Jose, and thank you to the debrief team for the invitation. Awesome, awesome. So let's dive in. So, Monica, I know you fairly well. I've known you for a couple of years. How would you really... Describe yourself to somebody that has never met you. Uh, who are you? Simple as that. <laughs> well, absolutely. Well, um, gosh. Well, again, I'm excited to be here and share a little bit about my story and, and the work that I've been doing. Uh, so I, myself, I'm Monica Vergara and recently married Escamilla is my oh, new last name. Oh, there so. you go. Give her a round of applause, <laughs> yeah, everybody. So this year got married and... Um, just that adjustment of, of the change of name. But uh, other than that, myself, I'm a first generation Latina. And I was born in Venezuela. Parents that are immigrants here to the U.S. from Venezuela and Colombia. So mm-hmm. that in itself. And so I have um, a lot of history here. Mm-hmm. And my roots are in Modesto. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, you know, just uh, proud to be first generation. I, you know, like most of us, um, first gens with immigrant parents, you know, we predominantly just spoke Spanish at mm-hmm. home and didn't learn English mm-hmm. until literally we were exposed to school. But definitely proud mm-hmm. of uh, my heritage and background. That, that is awesome. That is awesome. That And you mentioned Venezuela and Colombia. Though These are South. This is South America. Do you think being from Venezuela and Colombia, you have that almost like a cultural difference between the other kids. Like, was that was that an issue where you're like, everybody's just assuming because you spoke Spanish that you were Mexican rather than Colombian and from Venezuela? Uh, yes, uh, definitely, predominantly. Um, as soon as I spoke Spanish, uh, a lot of people identified me as, as Mexican. But, you know, I see us all Latinos mm-hmm. as, as one, really. I mean, we all have our different mm-hmm. um, cultural differences mm-hmm. within Latin America. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, deep down, we we all have mm-hmm. that same heart and, and you know, spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, it was... You know, being able to really um, connect with the Latino community here, mm-hmm. it was just something that that just came natural. And then when I would go visit my family in Venezuela or Colombia, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I, here, here comes aquí viene la mexicana, here mm-hmm. comes the Mexican, mm-hmm. because my accent just mm-hmm. you know predominantly became yeah. where where I was most mostly yeah. raised. So mm-hmm. it was here. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I remember every summer me and my family would go down to Mexico and the biggest thing with that was we'd spend a whole month out there and I was always el güero, el güero, like and as a child I'm like they're calling me well is it because I'm from the U.S. or is it because I have light skin or I'm like complex so it was always a little bit of confusion I didn't know where where it was because I think growing up like my parents always told me like if you're in Mexico no más habla español which means in, in Mexico, you only speak Spanish because you don't want to offend anybody out there 
or really claim yourself as, hey, I'm American, give me the American price. They, you want to really fit in uh, to the, the, the location that you're in. No, absolutely. And it, it's been interesting now that you mm -hmm. mentioned, you know, Wero. And mm -hmm. I mean, I myself, mm -hmm. I'm a Wera. Mm -hmm. I look, I'm a very light-skinned Latina. Mm -hmm. And so it's been one of those where, um, you know, I'll speak Spanish here. And it's, mm -hmm. it's shocking to some people because they're like, mm -hmm. oh, didn't know you speak Spanish. <laughs> and so I always kind of fell into that um, in-between mm -hmm. of, you know, so it's it's been an interesting journey of mm -hmm. of being a Latina um, and and really just connecting um, with with people that, you know, first mm -hmm. end up realizing that, oh, whoa, you're, you, you mm -hmm. speak Spanish. So it's been, yeah, it's always a culture shock. To that. We're a, like, Wait. It is. But I mean, I, I really say, you know, I, again, I'm proud of being Latina and bilingual um, mm -hmm. because of a lot of the opportunities and, and the doors that open to to us um, once mm -hmm. you, you really are able to, um, I would say, be able to um, speak the language mm -hmm. and, and resonate with individuals that um, predominantly, you know, mm -hmm. really need the help and the assistance here in our community, yeah. um, which is our own Latino population. No, I definitely agree that I, I agree to that 100%. And I think I've seen like growing up in South Modesto, that's Curls Danning. That's I think the the percentage of Hispanics and Latinos in that area is like close to 93%, which is crazy. So when you grew up in in Modesto, uh, how was that experience? How, how was that well, after you after you said, hey, I'm a grown up now? I'm going to make my life for myself. How was that experience? What What are some of the things you did? What are some of the things you aspire to be? Mm -hmm. Well, in my journey um, as, as a person growing up in Modesto um, looked very different um, when I was younger than what my life looks now mm -hmm. and had no idea that I would end up where um, I am today. Mm -hmm. uh, I... Like I said, I was um, I learned English at a at a young age in first mm -hmm. grade, and my parents didn't immerse me in any dual uh, language mm -hmm. um, courses or, or you know bilingual education. It was one of those where you know you would go into the class mm -hmm. and all they would speak is English and figure it out, and then maybe get pulled about an hour um, with a specialist and. And then continued to learn English um, and do a little bit more of a deep dive. But then I'd get thrown in with the kids that only knew English again. And so it was where I, I literally had no choice and then go back home and, and speak the language that, you know, I, I knew since I was a kid. Um, but uh, growing up, I would say, um, you know, it was it was always very challenging, like I said, you know, where I would um, resonate and connect with mm -hmm. the um, my Latino peers, my Latino mm -hmm. uh, peers, their students. And mm -hmm. and then it was where I wasn't Latina enough mm -hmm. because of how light skin I was. But then um, with the Wedos, you know, with the with the um, Anglos or mm -hmm. Caucasians, I literally was more of, you know, wow, she speaks Spanish. Okay, mm -hmm. now you must be Mexican. And mm -hmm. and so 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't considered Central American mm-hmm. because people were like, mm-hmm. where's that on the map? Yeah. <laughs> or when I would say where I was from. Um, so it was it was one of those um, that I always would fi- wonder, like, OK, where do I fit in <laughs> in this mm-hmm. uh, in the box? Of- but so I was always trying to fi- find mm-hmm. my way. Um, and then came high school and high school was just, you know, not e- an easy time, I think, for a lot mm-hmm. of kids. And uh, so high school, you know, I had my friends, but then I ended up taking the path where mm-hmm. um, I wasn't going in a good direction. Okay. And so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't getting the good grades. I got to a point where I almost, you know, uh, oh, didn't man. graduate. Uh-huh. Um, I think I was really focused on, um, you know, more of other things other than education, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. And I mean, I think yeah. that kind of came with um, not having a strong mm-hmm. guidance in, in mm-hmm. education. Uh, because my parents, I mean, they had to work. They mm-hmm. they both um, had to work full time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time, my dad became a, you know, he was an entrepreneur since I was mm-hmm. young and he started his own business. And and so their focus, my dad was to provide and my mom worked with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they they were tax preparers, bookkeepers. They mm-hmm. were um doing that in South Modesto. And so most of the time, let's say four months out of the year, mm-hmm. it was like, Hey, you know, <laughs> we got to go and work. Mm-hmm. And I, I would either hardly see them or mm-hmm. they would take me to the, their office, which became my second home mm-hmm. there in South Modesto. And, and so really uh, the focus on education, there was really mm-hmm. no guidance yeah. there other yeah. than you just got to mm-hmm. graduate. Mm-hmm. And so no, yeah. no, it makes sense, and it, and it's crazy because I didn't, know, I've never, I never knew that. I thought that was just a singular experience that I had when I grew up. I knew uh, growing up for me was it was almost very similar. Uh, my dad, entrepreneur, so he also he had a full time job uh, at Hershey's and then at Campbell's and and basically blue collar work. And then from there on his free time, so the weekends and every extra hours he gets, he would. He would just do buy buy and refurbish rental properties and renovate and make sure that we get tenants and it's like making sure that there is uh, a nest egg because I think that's the way he viewed it. Oh, it's an investment for the future and that 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 was me growing up. But it's it's nice to see that I wasn't the only one and it's mind blowing for for me to, to like know that you weren't the the so called. Uh, perfect child that had those perfect grades and it really reminds like everybody that hey we've all been through similar situations although we never talked about those yeah I was far from a perfect student (laughs) (laughs) I was completely the opposite and which then led me after high school um attended MJC a couple Mm -hmm. years and then it was where I still was falling in the -hmm. wrong path in life so Mm -hmm. I decided and, you know, it it was the first time that a cousin of mine and I ended up visiting San Diego Mm -hmm. on a whim on a Thanksgiving Uh holiday. And, you know, once we saw the ocean on the on the Mm -hmm. I-5, 
I was like, oh man, this feels like home. I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever possible to, Mm -hmm. to make it and and live here. And so that was about 2001. So mind you, I'm aging myself. I graduated high school in 98. Hey, 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 the the audience doesn't need to know. I know. She graduated in 2014. (laughs) So I say in the 19th century. Um, But other than that, that's when things started shifting for me was Mm -hmm. when I decided to make that move and didn't know what that was going to look like. Mm -hmm. Because again, you know, graduating, I never applied for scholarships. I didn't Mm -hmm. even know what scholarships were. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there was really none of that guidance Mm -hmm. or direction that was provided to me Mm -hmm. other than, you know, you just got to Keep yeah, going to school. Yeah. Keep going to school. Yeah. Saca esa carrera. Like get yeah. get your career. Mm-hmm. Get your degree. What? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really been an interesting journey through my education. And so mm-hmm. um, I ended up moving to San Diego. And I'm like, okay, well, the only way that my parents would even you know support me, whether I know that they couldn't mm-hmm. support me financially, but emotionally, whatever mm-hmm. that was, was to tell them that I'm going to school. Oh yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I. I continued on um you know because of my grades and again didn't even know how to navigate how to get Mm -hmm. into a four-year university i was able to just go to and start again Mm -hmm. in a community college there in san diego Mm -hmm. and made my way through um to then hopefully apply and and attend san diego Mm -hmm. state and so that was my kind of journey of of what that looked like and i figured you know being in the environment where there were students that really had Mm -hmm. that ambition and drive yeah. You know, and attending a four-year university, I think I needed to surround myself with mm-hmm. individuals with that mindset. Mm-hmm. Um and instead of, you know, where I was coming from uh, yeah. before moving to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like it's it sounds like it you definitely left all your your comforts, all the your whole network to just leave to San Diego. Mm-hmm. You came back. I'm glad you came back because hey, the work you do is is definitely needed in the Central Valley and there's always that term called like brain drain where people right after high school or after college, they really want to run away uh, and escape where they really came from because it's like, hey, this is where I came from, but this is not my life. But I'm glad you stayed. So with that, what made you want to come back? Well, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, I was Mm -hmm. part of one of those um, kids or young adults that, you know, moved away and said, Mm -hmm. I'm never moving back to Modesto ever again. Mm -hmm. And went to school, you know, I made sure I graduated and -hmm. and got my degrees and and things like that. And so I did it with whatever way possible. So Mm -hmm. um, temporarily, I was at San Diego State, but then ended Mm up um, because the major that I was Mm -hmm. uh, trying to go for, which was international business, Mm -hmm. was impacted, it would have taken me much longer. Uh And being a person that was financially Mm -hmm. supporting myself and Mm -hmm. and living out in a city Mm -hmm. that, you know, is is the cost of living is expensive, expensive. (laughs) that... I was like, oh, man, how do I manage this? How do I keep, you know, um, focused on on education and going yeah. to school? So going back, I ended up um, getting my degrees through University of Phoenix and mm-hmm. had, which was an amazing experience mm-hmm. from being, going from a university that's, you know, lecture-based to a university that I had um, mm-hmm. real-world experience instructors. Mm-hmm. They were executives at Qualcomm and executives oh, from, wow. you know, Pfizer in different areas. So mm-hmm. it was really a, mm-hmm. a unique experience that I mm-hmm. think uh, was a great opportunity mm-hmm. going that route and learning mm-hmm. really a, about business in, mm-hmm. 
in a real world, mm-hmm. um, through a real world lens, I would say. Mm-hmm. And so that was a great experience. I ended up graduating with my bachelor's and master's, mm-hmm. um, bachelor's in uh, business management, and then mm-hmm. went in my master's with graduated uh, with an MBA, um, yeah. master's of business administration. Mm-hmm. And so really it was... Um, I did what my parents expected me to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is uh, mm-hmm. it revolved around business mm-hmm. again, because my dad became an entrepreneur, a businessman, mm-hmm. um, and for many years. So mm-hmm. that was kind of the, the element, the yeah. environment that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, mm-hmm. well, business is kind of what I'm meant to do. Yeah. Being the oldest, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. almost like, that's oh yeah. That's how you're guided through your parents' mm-hmm. experiences yeah. as being the oldest. So it's hard mm-hmm. to kind of see mm-hmm. outside of yeah. that. You mentioned graduated, went to school for business, and you're now doing some work alongside business. Would you? Would it be fair to say business is your like your your sweet spot, your heart, where you're like, hey, I want to make sure I help out in any way I can. Um, it is, but I want to go back to your question as to really what motivated me, yeah. and so. Uh, and, and it all kind of aligns yeah. through the history of, of business and how business mm-hmm. has just followed me in my mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. Um, education path, educational path mm-hmm. and career path. So what really motivated me was that I started mm-hmm. get, wanting to connect with community. After mm-hmm. I graduated, I was a part of a nonprofit mm-hmm. um and became a mentor mm-hmm. to young women in San Diego. Oh, nice. And it was amazing. It was a great experience. That was my first time connecting to community. But when I really started thinking and I'm like, man, okay, I'm connecting to community. But this really, even though I had been there mm-hmm. for almost 14 years, mm-hmm. I still didn't feel like my heart was in it. And I go, what is that missing piece? And I realized that if I'm going to connect with community, I'm going to connect where my roots are. And a lot of things where I felt while I was away, I wasn't connected to my mm-hmm. family either. Oh, so wow. um, I was ready for a change, mm-hmm. um, a complete life change, mm-hmm. you would say. And it was not only just con- connecting with community, but connecting mm-hmm. with my own family. Oh. And so that's what brought me mm-hmm. back um, where my roots are. Mm-hmm. And so when I really started exploring, okay, how do I um, almost reinvent myself? Or mm-hmm. what is Monica and Modesto going to be? Mm-hmm. Who is she and who does she want to be? And really, okay, what do I know? I know business. What do Mm -hmm. I want to do? Connect with the community. Mm -hmm. And so really putting the two together, being my North Mm -hmm. Star, my guiding light of of everything else that I was going to prepare myself to do Mm -hmm. here uh, coming back home. Your life purpose. It's beautiful because you you mentioned family. It's like, you know what? I love my family. I want to go back. Would you say it took time to really figure that out when you're in San Diego? Because you're like, hey, San Diego. That's like looking at a North Star where you you see this big, shiny, coastal, warm water so close to, to Tijuana. I've never been. I've been wanting to go. So it's, it's on my bucket list. So fingers crossed I get to do it for the new year. Uh, but like seeing that, do you think that it really gave you appreciation for, for Modesto being a whole different different lifestyle? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the I always joke around the Monica in San Diego was the fun all play, mm-hmm. you know, work, work hard, play hard. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Monica and Modesto is is more grounded. Mm-hmm. What my purpose has really become and and I think for the most part, 
in the environment and the the life mm -hmm. in, in a big city is very different. Mm -hmm. um, and trust me, I went through all the pros and cons back then. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, what's the pros and what's mm -hmm. the cons, you know? And it, it, the pro always mm -hmm. led to community and family. The mm -hmm. cons was like, I'm going to miss the TJ Tacos. I'm going to miss the city nightlife and all that. Culture, but you can only yeah. live the city nightlife. Mm -hmm you know, for so mm -hmm. long and really before it drains your, your bank account. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah. And you know, you're like, okay, how long can I live? You know, the, the Margarita Mondays, the Taco Tuesdays, the wine ones, you know, all this yeah. stuff that every day of the week was around some kind of um, party mm -hmm. vibe. And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, Monica, you got to grow up sometime. <laughs> hey, hey, it's, 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 it's all in the heart. It's like, I've never lived outside of Modesto. So I've only, been accustomed to this life but i'm like man i wish i was a little bit more outgoing i wish i was a little bit more outspoken but at the same time i'm like man that that takes time commitment and a lot of sacrifice as well mm -hmm. uh man but that's awesome yeah. one thing mm -hmm. i would say is living away and and spending so much time in a big city and the experiences that i had the opportunity to do mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. living in a, a city that had mm -hmm. an international airport i would get mm -hmm. on the hop on a plane and travel mm -hmm. and did a lot of stuff like that especially mm -hmm. through the work that i was doing back mm -hmm. then um, working with the software company and mm -hmm. so i had a lot of opportunity to travel even to india oh, wow. and parts of new york mm -hmm. philadelphia the east coast and getting to know mm -hmm. a lot of different people mm -hmm. seeing the different perspectives that i'm able to bring mm -hmm. uh, here in the work that I do. And I think it's, it's super imperative to, to have those because I think that it's imperative to bring outside resources in and really help us change the way we have systemically done things, the way we think about things. Because I think we're so close to the Bay Area. We're so close to Fresno. We're so close to these, the mountains. And I think it's really learning from each other to really become the better the best we can really in Modesto and in Stanislaus County. Yeah, absolutely. And and the things that I realized that systemically I didn't know about and growing up as a first generation, I think those are things that I ended up plugging myself in in the different mm -hmm. organizations that I'm a part of mm -hmm. now and, and have been a part of mm -hmm. um, to be able so I really became a person that I wanted mm -hmm. to know about as many resources as I can mm -hmm. that are available here in our community mm -hmm. and outside the community to be mm -hmm. able to then connect people. And the mm -hmm. resources were really never for me. I think mm -hmm. I just figured it, the more resources that I learned mm -hmm. and connected with people and mm -hmm. and connected them to those mm -hmm. resources, I figured, you know, doors would eventually open mm -hmm. up for me because I came here and literally I had to start my mm -hmm. career from scratch a lot of people because I was working for a software company in San Diego people were saying well if you're going to move to Modesto but you want to work in what you were doing you're going to have to commute to the Bay Area and I go no I, I can't commit to that because then I would lose part of my purpose which is community yeah I mean where would you find time to to connect with community yeah. if you're you're living the commuter life and if I was going to start commuting um I would just move back to San Diego <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Um, so I I literally said you know what working for a software company and community was not an option so that forced me to really recreate myself not only just as a person mm -hmm. modesto being in mm -hmm. a way for so long um creating myself um as a new person in mm -hmm. a sense new community and also creating a new career mm -hmm. for myself then that led me to different career paths that i mean mm -hmm. it, it would take longer than than this podcast oh, yeah. would 
but mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm just um, grateful to be where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. You know, with Stanislaus Equity Partners and being mm-hmm. able to do the work and mm-hmm. and supporting um, small businesses, and then also mm-hmm. uh, connecting with mm-hmm. uh, the Hispan- Central Valley Hispanic yeah. Chamber, which I'm also a part of, yeah. and I, I've been a part of the mm-hmm. their foundation, which is a, oh, nice. their nonprofit arm that also mm-hmm. provides scholarships. So, like you said before, uh-huh. I didn't know what scholarships were, but mm-hmm. I really again um, mm-hmm. decided to be a part of an organization mm-hmm. that gives scholarships mm-hmm. and connects students so yeah. that you know the opportunity yeah. I didn't have before you know I'm able provide to it. provide it and mm-hmm. know of the resource to share that with yeah. our community that's super awesome and I'm, I'm actually planning on joining the, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce I'm long overdue uh, I've had that on my to-do list for a long time and I know it's a super easy process so so one of these days I'll be I'll be joining you in those meetings because it's super important the work that the Latino Hispanic Chamber of Commerce does because it really helps empower business owners. It kind of creates a family, a community, creates a resource hub for people wanting to enter into those different fields, even if you're not a business owner, even if you're community oriented, like they do amazing stuff. So yeah, with that, I I, want to close it off and I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule to hang out with me and share who Monica Vergara is and how your life has been. Well, no, thank you again um, for the invitation and, and grateful to have been able to share a little piece of, of my story and you know, just for the opportunity to be here today uh, with you, Jose. And, and I want to applaud you and the debrief team for all the great work that you guys are doing um, as well with being able to highlight mm-hmm. uh, individuals in the community that don't have a voice mm-hmm. and you guys are being their voice through that and and being able to also highlight leaders in the community as well. So thank you. Oh.